This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. News time right now, 816. You're tuned in to WGNS, your good neighbor station. And in studio with us this morning, Rita Shacklett from the Rutherford County Library System. Rita, how are you today? I'm fine, Scott. How are you? I'm good. It's was, a little nippy outside. It's so, yeah. And yesterday it was, man, it was cold all day long. I'm glad I got my jacket. I thought it was going to be in the 50s and I thought, well, I won't need it. And I second thought I'd just grab my coat and I'm glad I did. <laughs> it's definitely needed the last couple of days. Yeah. Of course, it is December. It's that, supposed to be cold. That's right. <laughs> I, I was reading some of the changes that local businesses, local nonprofits, and even government offices have made over the last seven, eight months because of COVID. And one of the things that the library added was the curbside pickup, which right. one of many things. Right. And we've been wanting to do that, Scott, for a long time. It's funny because there's been things we've wanted to do, some of the virtual story times, the curbside service, things like that. And we've not had the the time because we've been so busy uh before covid that we didn't have time to try out some of these new things and so if you can say there were some opportunities from covid we have to look at things like that that are really pluses um it comes at a hard hard way and i wouldn't ask for that at any time but if you can if you're stuck in that situation you might as well make the best of it yeah. So, and people love the curbside service. We're mainly doing it at Limeball and Smyrna. Again, we're talking about the local libraries here in Rutherford County. And with the whole curbside pickup, how does that work? Well, if you're at home or on your phone, whatever, you can go to our website, place holes on materials. And when they notify you that they're ready for pickup, uh, you can either text or call a number. There's a sign that they have outside um, at both locations, and it's a different number for Smyrna than it is from Lineball. But you just call or text that number. They will come out masked and with gloves with your item in a bag and put it in your car for you. And so there's never contact or anything like that. And so you can pick up your items that way. What other changes has the library system made after COVID-19? Well, we've had to do a lot of programming virtually. Um, One of the things that our youth services has been doing at all our locations are doing some virtual story times. We really miss the kids coming in, but obviously that's not something we need to be doing right now. Um, But so you can go to those at any time and they have the story times we also do uh, computer classes and they're really doing more specialized things now they have the basics but from from your home you can take a computer class that's pretty cool and so and we've got um, some virtual coaching um, things like that so we've also added on our website we've added a place where you can catch the uh, latest um, employment opportunities in the area um and so you know those are the kinds of things you can at least look at on your phone even if you have to but obviously we do have our computer labs open but everything's space six feet apart and you pick up a a sanitized keyboard and mouse when you come in 
and then when you get done you drop it in a different bin and they will sanitize it before the next person gets it so with so many kids who are students here in rutherford county on distance learning and and right. you know working from home has the library been more heavily used as far as online things because of that to some extent it was used quite a bit to begin with and and hopefully people will start uh, checking out our resources even more we really thought we'd see a bigger jump in our uh, digital uh, ebooks and e-audios checks out and we did we did have a lot of people call and say you know i hadn't been in the library in years i don't know if my library card's still good <laughs> and you can get a library card online if you just want our uh, online services but um We've added some new things, and there's a new digital uh, Zinio digital magazines through Libby. Um, so we have Flipster on our website. So if you like magazines, you can even go that route. The stuff that is now available online is it's wild. Amazing. I mean, so much. Amazing. I mean, we pulled up Hoopla on our. We have a um, uh, have Roku TV, and if you do, you can pull your Hoopla account up on your TV and watch movies and things like that that they have available and this so. just takes a, a library membership right? right and if you're just doing online stuff if you've already got a library card you don't need that you can just use that number but if you don't and don't plan on coming in to physically check out anything you can go online and and get an e-card just write that number down <laughs> So let's go back just a minute to the uh, virtual storytelling for the mm -hmm. kids. Uh, that's something that I would imagine parents especially love right now. Right. And you can go to it at any point in time. So if you go to our Facebook page, if you go to our website, um, they're always posting things. And Smyrna has their virtual um, book walk, storybook walk. Oh, we had them on the air last, last yeah, month. Yeah. Fact. And so that's been real good. They change it every other week, I believe. I'm not sure what their schedule is now, but it's a great way to be outside if it's not too cold. Yeah, it's very cold <laughs> And right uh, just kind of do it as a family. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun. There are a lot of things that you can do without interacting, you know, too socially close to right. others through the library system. And, and, you know, I don't know that the community as a whole realizes all that the library offers. Right. There's so much out there, and we just encourage people to check out our website because you'll just wander through that website you'll you'll pick up all kinds of things and and we try to be safe when you come in you'll notice the screen guards at the desk and and staff are masked we ask that people follow the mask mandate but if you can't we have those alternatives like curbside and things like that that you can use um but um yeah we we do our best we also quarantine our books that are coming back in uh and use a uvc light which kills the germs um, Sounds like a crime scene investigation. I know, I know. And you don't want to be around when it's running. And it really smells funny because it takes everything out of the air. Oh, wow. <laughs> and they'll run that periodically in different areas of the it, library at night while we're gone because it's on a timer. They also got a, a fogger um, that they use um, that you can spray a disinfectant, kind of a fog stuff, so it doesn't hurt anything. Did you all have that before? We did not. And the fogger is something fairly new. Uh, so some of our branches don't have theirs yet, but that's something that they're trying to do. They've started that at Lineball. I know the tech has ordered theirs because you can do it in a computer lab area, meeting spaces. You can do it at any time. doesn't hurt anything. 
COVID-19 has proved to be very costly, not only for businesses and keeping their doors open, but for government offices and nonprofits too. And I know you mentioned the fogger, but have there been grants available to help pay for items through COVID? There have been some. There's a CARES grant through the state. Um, the problem with that is there's it only allows up to $750 for PPE equipment. Um, but we also have had some grant money left that the funding body agreed to let us use uh, some of the leftover money for PPE um, so, yeah, while you're not spending it on some areas, you're spending more in others and trying to keep toilet paper and paper towels and wipes and hand sanitizer and masks and gloves. And it, you know, it depends on the time. One time you can't get gloves, but you can get all the masks you want. And the next time you can't get Lysol spray, <laughs> which has been a problem lately. And, you know, but you can get all the wipes you want. And then you can get all the wipes, but you can't get something else. So you just stock up when you can and try not to overstock so that other people can have it as well. So are all the libraries in our community under the Rutherford County system open now? Um, they are. Um, now, Laverne is not part of the Rutherford County library system. They're an independent library. Um, so I'm not sure what their um, schedule is. I'm sure they'll have it on their website. But all of ours are open pretty much normal hours. Um, so you know I, i'm looking at some here line ball 9 a.m till 7 p.m monday through thursday 9 to 4 friday and saturday uh and it looks like about the same with myrtle glanton lord library the technology center those a little different 10 now to line six. ball is nine to nine. Oh, that changed mgl okay. is not it that was the last i heard <laughs> oh so i need to change that okay so line ball is nine to nine. they're back to normal hours nine to nine monday through thursday nine to five friday and saturday and one to six on sunday and is this information also on the website it is okay it is if you go to about us and look at locations and it will tell you each location's hours the the covid 19 pandemic has pushed well it sounds like pushed the library into making some changes that were for the good i know we talked about the curbside pickup right. and then the virtual storytelling are there other things as well that have changed that you're going to keep up with um some of the um like passive what they call passive programs for children especially uh you can um come in and just get some materials and take it home this summer they did what they call quest kits and everything was in a bag and you just came in and picked up a bag and took it home and it had everything you needed in there uh, one of the things that the tech started having were steam kits and they have uh, steam games and and things to do along with some books uh, in a backpack um, and those have been very popular, and that's something we've been wanting to do, so we really pushed to get those out. Now, STEAM is something that it's, it, I've, I hear it a lot within the schools and within the city, but it's, uh, it has to do with education and right. science, technology. What is it? Engineering. Mathematics. Mathematics and arts. Okay. And sometimes you'll see STREAM, which includes reading. Ah, a little Which extra I like better. There. <laughs> it started out as STEM. And okay. that's just science, technology. I think it's engineering and math. So in a few months, it'll probably turn into supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Right. Who knows what it will be? But it's a good thing. And so, you know, that's one of the one of the things I think we miss the most is the interaction with the children. You know, it's been really hard this school year, I think, for most kids because children were already leaning towards not being real social right because of social media for one right. thing so this is going to really 
it's going to make it harder, I think, and it's going to be interesting to see five, ten years down the road what this impact What implications really that has. And, I, you know, I feel sorry for those little pre-K kids that are the ones just starting kindergarten this year. They've never had that experience of being in school. You know, kids were always excited to start kindergarten because they were going to big school. That's and, right. and they didn't have anything to compare it to. But those kids that have been there uh, really miss, and, and they're showing that there's some mental mental problems uh issues coming up with depression and things like that because they're not they can't physically be with their friends a lot of times you know i i can definitely see that we had a doctor on the air yesterday and we were talking about for adults the uh the added anxiety mm-hmm. that goes along with covid19 because if you're you already have a maybe let's say you're going through cancer treatments or you you have underlying illnesses well, I can see where that would make you anxious, wondering, well, what, am I going to catch COVID-19? Right. What's going to happen? You know? Right, right. And the, the what is it, telemedicine, um, at least I think that's a plus in many cases. Um, you can get immediate attention at that. But I also feel like sometimes you might miss something. Yeah. Um, but for those who are not really able to get out or it's dangerous for them to get out at this point, um, or it's something minor that you don't need to really be taking them in. I know for my girls, they, they have uh, almost two-year-old daughters, and they've used it before uh, just with ear infections, and sometimes they'll go, we need to see them, bring them in. Yeah. But sometimes it's like, no, nah, that's just an allergy, or, oh, you know, that's this, do this. You know, with the library, it's one of those things that, you really get a, a huge segment of the population. I mean, it's a very wide variety right. segment of the population that comes in to check out books, use a computer, do research. So with that being said, has it been hard to tell those who come, you know, you got to social distance, you got to do this, you got to do that? I mean, has that part been hard? Not really. We have markings all over the floors. We have, uh, we've removed some of the seating um, you know we've spaced things out um and most people are pretty good about keeping that distance we've put um partitions up even though the computers are six feet apart we've still added some partitions just for that extra you know rita shacklett with us this morning with the rutherford county library system and when we look next door at the Lineball Library, mm-hmm. what is the protocol for when you come in? Because that's probably the busiest branch. And when you walk in, I mean, there's only one door really to enter when you come right. in. So what, what do people do? Well, there's hand sanitizers. We've got signs up requesting that you wear a mask. Um, and so because most of the time, if you're just sitting at a table uh, and nobody else is there or you're just sitting at a computer, we have had people take their mask off, but once they get up, they need to have it back on because you might not always be within six feet of, you know, six feet away from somebody. But staff are really good. They try to very quietly and nicely ask you um, to wear a mask if you're not. Um, so, and there's hand sanitizers everywhere. So, you know, just trying to clean. We do our cleaning crew does extra stuff in the in the evenings because it's cleaned every night. And um, so, yeah, we just, I, you know, I think one of the biggest problems with COVID-19 would be the fact that you have those who are in their 20s, 30s, they're healthy. They may get COVID-19 and not even realize right. it. And then they're the ones who can silently spread it without knowing it. So I, I it definitely makes sense to ask somebody who's not wearing a mask 
to please right. wear a mask. But the problem is, I don't think those people always get it. They see themselves as healthy. Hey, I don't have it. Right. And we've had people come in and say, oh, I just got left the doctors I've te- or I've just tested positive for COVID. I got to have something to read. <laughs> you know, and we we please ask if you have any symptoms, if you have any signs that that you have it, please, please don't come in. Um, you know, we'll do our best. Our bookmobile goes to different areas during throughout the week. And uh, I'm not sure what our schedule will look like in January because they're going to reevaluate. But uh, there are ways that we can try to get you what you need. Um, use the curbside. Definitely. <laughs> you know, if you've just picked up a positive COVID test result, put something on hold and let us bring it to your car. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm looking at the state's COVID-19 numbers here and uh, this is an interesting number that changed from yesterday to today and that was out of all those who take the covid test to find out if they have it or don't have it those who actually tested positive yesterday the rank was right at 13 percent right today everybody who has tested over the last day 16.4 percent tested positive whereas yesterday it was right at 13 percent tested right. positive and tomorrow it may be 10 it could be it's, just, it's, <laughs> it's so, up and down it it's is. up and down you can't tell and and again as we were talking earlier it you know some of those numbers could be because um in a contained area like a nursing home or something you have an outbreak um or a school or something like that and so that can cause numbers to to jump so dramatically because you might have 50 people in a nursing home that that get it easily because they're all in there together right living there together you right know, it's not like they're going it's to work a contained there. area yeah so and, and since yesterday there have been 59 more hospitalizations mm. and 79 more deaths over the last i guess 48 hours wow that's a huge number. When that you is. I've, I've seen the death number going up. And I hope that they're counting just true COVID cases. Because, again, your your statistics are, are I don't, I'm not sure how you really take those well, you know, overall. Because, you know, if you have a heart attack, you know, anytime you go in the hospital, they're going to test you for COVID. So let's say you have a heart attack and die, but when they tested you, you were positive for COVID. Did they count that as a COVID death? I don't know. I don't know how statistics are calculated or anything else. That's a good question. You know, and is that the case with the the hospitalizations? You know, you may be in there for something else, but did you test positive for COVID? But you're not in there for COVID. You're in there for something else. Well, it's like so. those who already have a weakened immune system who are going through some other type of disease. They're hospitalized, but they may die of pneumonia, which I right. think was the number one killer for those who had other underlying health conditions. Um, but, but, yeah, there's really no it would be really hard to say specifically this person died because of COVID. Right. Whereas it could have been a number of things together. And and let me be clear, I don't know how they count the statistics. That's just things that I've thought about, wondering how they do count them. I don't I don't know. Uh, I have no clue. That's just my musings. So don't take anything <laughs> I say as fact because I don't know. That's just something that I've questioned and wondered how they how they count those. Okay, so back to the library. Okay, it's good. Let's go. Let's go back to the library. That's a happy place. <laughs> the Rutherford County Library is on uh, phase two of the reopening plan, right? Um, and you really don't know how long you're going to mm-hmm. be in phase two, and it could go back even to phase one, just depending on how everything turns out. How can we keep up with the phases of the reopening? 
Uh, if you just check our website, um, basically now it's it's that we're following the mask mandate and things like that is what phase two does. Um, and we're doing all these extra things to try to keep things, you know, disinfected and, and clean for people so that they can come in safely. Um, phase one might be limited hours or closings, things like that. But I think unless we have another outbreak, major outbreak, I don't see that necessarily happening. Um, it could, but we also have to remember that even in normal times, if we don't have enough staff to run, I mean, that could happen in the summertime. You know, you, you have people out sick or on vacation and you don't have enough people to run the facility. We sometimes have to close for a day or two because we can't get the staff to safely open the doors because you can't open one of the facilities with two or three people. We are going to take a break, and when we come back, we've got some audio to uh, to play that was produced at the library. Right. So we're going to get to that next. Time right now, 8.36. You're tuned in to WGNS. As cold and flu season approaches, one of the best things that you can do to give somebody who is sick is a quart of Demas's chicken and rice soup. This is Peter Demas with Demas Family of Restaurants. This soup is my grandmother's recipe, and we have used this soup in order to help our family whenever we are sick. Just gives us a good comfort feeling. One of the things that you can also do is you can now ship that soup anywhere across the United States, and you can order that soup online at demasfamilykitchen.com. I'd like to mention that Christmas is coming up. Hello, this is Dan Mitchell. If you're shopping for someone special, bring them into the Music World and Drummer's Den. Let them pick out the instrument they want. Santa Claus will get big smiles at Christmas. You'll be happier, they'll be happier. It's a very personal choice what instrument you play. You want to touch it, feel it, hear it. You can't do that online. Come on down to Music World and Drummer's Den across from Indian Hills Golf Course, 2762 South Church Street. Precision Air knows you want the air inside your home as safe and clean as possible. Clean the air in your home with an affordable UV system. WGNS listeners get $50 off. 615-930-0088. A whole house air purifier. 615-930-0088. This is Kim Dunaway from Sunshine Nutrition Center. You hear me on Monday mornings at 720 talking about how to lead a healthier lifestyle. We carry supplements, personal care, and grocery items at both our Murfreesboro and Smyrna locations, family owned and operated since 1989. Hello and happy holidays from the Rutherford County Library System. This is Amanda bringing you library news and events from our five branches around the county and what's going on at your library system. Since its inception in 1995, global music icon and humanitarian Dolly Parton's Imagination Library has gifted more than 135 million books to children. On April 2nd, the organization, which is currently giving books to 1.45 million children around the world each month, will be the focus of a nationwide film event with the premiere of the documentary, The Library That Dolly Built. A behind-the-scenes glimpse into the literary-focused nonprofit, the film screenings will be integrated with Imagination Library affiliate partners in multiple communities worldwide. The Library That Dolly Built was directed and produced by Nick Geidner, a journalism professor at the University of Tennessee, Knoxville, and the director of the student-driven Land Grant Films. The film is narrated by actress Danica McKellar, perhaps best known for her role as Winnie Cooper on the classic TV series The Wonder Years. The film premiered on Facebook earlier this month and is set for wide release in April of 2021. 
Reminder, the Rutherford County Library System is in Phase 2 of our ongoing COVID-19 reopening plan. All branches are open on a mostly regular schedule and include computer lab access, in-person checkouts, and most regular library services as well as curbside pickup. Due to the current countywide mask mandate, all patrons are required to wear masks and reminded to observe social distancing measures as we progress towards Phase 3, when we will be expanding our building capacities and services back to normal. Small meeting rooms can be reserved for parties of two or less and larger meeting rooms for ten or less. The recording studios at the TEC and MGL are limited to one person at a time. Some group meetings and activities are permitted with limited capacity, but most are being offered virtually on Facebook and YouTube. This is Laura Loggins, the Youth Services Coordinator at Limebaugh. And this is Allie Rainey, the Youth Services Assistant at Limebaugh. December makes me think of hot chocolate, giving, cozy blankets, a warm fireplace, family, and curling up with a good book. What about you, Allie? It makes me think of all things Christmas, twinkling lights, family, sharing, and movies. I love everything about it. Me too. What's your favorite Christmas movie, Ollie? The Santa Claus. It's so funny. Don't forget the fire extinguisher. Makes me laugh every time. How about you, Laura? I like that one, too. I have many I like, but I'd have to say A Christmas Story is my favorite movie to watch in December. Randy lay there like a slug. It was his only defense. That movie never gets old to me. Speaking of something we can count on every December, here at Lineball, we can count on the buzz of planning and preparing for the next round of programming. So true. December is a busy time of year for us in youth services. Though we don't have any programs running right now, we're planning for January through April and summer, which feels so far off, but we'll be here before you know it. I'm looking forward to some of the things we're bringing back in January, as well as new programs we have planned. I am as well, Allie. Both Storytime to Go and Learning on the Go bundles, book bundles, will be available on January 4th. And Virtual Storytimes will resume on January 5th at 10 a.m. live on Facebook. We're bringing back Quest Kits and Quest Kit News beginning January 4th as well with all new topics and crafts. Laura, we should share some of the new programs we're excited about offering in 2021. Absolutely. Kinsey's been planning for our tweens and teens. The new virtual teen book club will take place on via Zoom on January 9th. She's also planning a new tween teen program, which will take place the end of January. We'll share more about that program in the near future. Be sure to mark your calendars for these events and more from Lineball. Thank you for joining us today, everyone. For this and more information about Lineball's programs, please call 615-893. 4131 extension 114 or visit us online at rclstn.org. We hope to see you here at Lineball. Stay tuned for the following public service announcement. 
your library's newest streaming service, Hoopla, has broken new records. Thanks to all the love and support that you, our patrons, are showing us and our Hoopla offerings, we are beginning to meet some of our budget caps. Hoopla will let you know when the library has hit its budget for the day, but come right on back tomorrow and give that Hoopla check out another try. And hey, if you're feeling it, please contact your local city or county officials and let them know how much you love your library and Hoopla and how appreciative you are that your tax dollars provide this service, Hoopla, among many others for our community. While this year at your Rutherford County Library System has been anything but normal, we have worked hard to continue to provide our communities with great services and materials. 2020 did see the beginning of our curbside pickup services, which allowed people to pick up books and other materials even when our libraries were closed. We're happy to continue offering curbside pickup at both the Smyrna and Lineball branches, Mondays through Saturdays from 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. Just like our curbside service, there are so many benefits to using your public libraries. Be a part of building a future of shared experiences with your children by bringing them to story time, summer reading, and special events. RCLS libraries are a great place for babies and toddlers to learn to interact with other children at our itty-bitty story times. Our libraries are a free and easy way to prepare children for kindergarten. Libraries provide 24-7 online resources for getting that research paper finished on time. Save money by downloading instead of buying ebooks, e-audio, digital magazines, and movies on our free Libby, Flipster, and Hoopla apps. With many of our branches open on Saturday and Sunday, make the library a relaxing weekend habit. We're convenient. We're open seven days a week. We have branches open until 8 or 9 p.m., so it's easy to pass by after work. You can return materials at any of our five branches 24-7 or even on the rover. Find free space for networking, study, or trainings at Lineball, Tech, and Smyrna branches. Want to start a podcast or record a song for family or friends? Use our recording studios at the Tech near Hopgood Elementary or at the MGL branch in Patterson Park Community Center. Build shared experiences over books and make new friends by joining a book club at our Lineball, Smyrna, MGL, and Eagleville branches. Free notary services are available at all locations. You can fax, copy, and scan from any of our locations. Lineball has a driver's license renewal kiosk. You can also sign up to take boating exams and test proctoring. Public computers and free Wi-Fi are available at all our branches, and it saves on Internet cost. Be ready for new job requirements or school tests with online practice tests. Improve a skill or learn something new. We have gardening classes, sewing, writing, and magic groups. Learn how to use a 3D printer or take one of our computer classes to gain skills you need for a new job. Go online to place a hold on any item and you'll get a call or email when it's ready to pick up. While some services might be unavailable at present, we look forward to offering those you've known and loved in 2021. Don't miss out on all the benefits of your local RCLS library. This is Kathleen Tyree, Branch Manager of the Technology Engagement Center. This month, we have a special guest, 
Betty Jo Jarvis, director of Stones River Regional Library. She has been the liaison between the Tennessee State Library and Archive and the public libraries of much of Middle Tennessee for 24 years and is set to retire at the end of 2020. We will all miss her very much. Hey there, Betty Jo. What got you started in public libraries? And was it in Tennessee? The only jobs that I was able to get were buzzing tables and waitressing. Uh, I would work at night and on weekends, and I would try interviews during the day, but the interviews were far in, in, in between. It was, it was really bad. Uh, when you met someone, if you were dating, you, th- everybody was unemployed. So the question you asked was, how long have you been on unemployment? Because if they had only been on unemployment for a month, they were good to go for a while. (laughs) If they said a year, it was like, well, okay, see you later. (laughs) And then on May 6th, I was living at my parents' house, and on May 6th, I was shoveling six-foot snowdrifts in my parents' driveway. In in Ohio? In Ohio. In May 6th? On May 6th. Oh, my God. And a friend of mine had gotten a job in Florida and offered to let me stay with them rent-free for 30 days so I could get a part-time job and then pay for half the rent utilities. And my mom said, get a job. Get a job with benefits. Get a job with health insurance. You're keeping your dad up at night because you don't have health insurance. Oh, that sounds very familiar. And my mom was librarian. And her previous boss, Dorothy Field, was her supervisor at the Parma Regional Library. She was the assistant director at the Tampa Public Library. So she said, call Dorothy Field and find out if you don't want to work at a library, fine. But maybe she can get you into some type of a government job that would have those benefits. So I met with Dorothy Field, and she remembered my mother fondly. And she wanted to try to remember the stories of the kids. And she said, I know you have a brother who is very smart. Yes, and then you have a sister that's very smart. I said, yes, and she said, now which one were you? <laughs> and so I said, well, I have another sister, uh, a couple other sisters, uh, and then there's me. The public libraries in the 80s sound like quite the adventure. Can you tell us more? Uh, the job entailed doing children's programming, adult programming, senior programming, uh, supervising a couple of really terrific staff members, so that was that was the easiest part of the job. Um, buying materials, our budget was so bad I could buy one bestseller a month. <sighs> they got me one set of World Book Encyclopedias a year and one almanac, and so there was no money for children's books, no money for nothing. Um, Tampa was so badly underfunded at that juncture. Uh, it, it was it was pitiful. Uh, so I traded off when uh, uh, Stephen King and Daniel Steele both wrote two bestsellers in the same year. I I, I didn't ha- I didn't have the money to buy one or uh, two of their bestsellers. So I traded paperbacks with a neighboring branch. And so they, she said, "Well, I I will take your paperbacks, but when the need uh, is over with, you get your paperback back." and I'll take my hardback back. So that worked out great. Give us an example of a favorite successful or make-do program. Uh, When we first got our first uh, portable electric typewriter, 
because we were typing our overdues out on the manual typewriter. We gave the manual typewriter to the kids and let them come up with the Port Tampa Tribune. So they wrote their own newspaper. They had their own editorial board. They had their own cartoonist. We had distribution so that they would take it to the community center uh, one block over, the post office, which was across the street, and the little grocery store. Um, they actually interviewed a man that was running for county commission. Uh, that man was sweating bullets. I can't remember his name, but boy, they put him through the ringer. It was hysterical. Uh, when the manual typewriter broke, that was the end of the Port Tampa <laughs> Tribune. <laughs> what was a takeaway from your time as a children's librarian that you can share with us? I worked with someone, her name was Marcy Challoner, uh, and she has been my my hero as far as children's services. Uh, she, uh, I worked with her one summer uh, working with the older kids, and she had a puppet troupe. So the kids met for two hours once a week during the summer, um, and they picked out a story to tell, and it's usually a folk tale or a fairy tale. Uh, she would do Three Billy Goat Scruff just in case there was a whole fiasco, just in case it's a backup. Um, but they made the puppets, and they made the script, and they had to come up with background music. So you're introducing kids to classical music and different tempos and uh, how characters should look in size, relation to each other. Uh, the scenery and background, all kind of art was incorporated into the program. And then at the end of the summer, the kids performed their puppet show for their parents and families and kids and anybody we could pack into that room. And it was wonderful. That's and I did that every summer after that as a children's librarian with the groups that I had. I was called the Toddler Time Queen. <laughs> um, the branch that I worked at was a brand new branch. And we had five full-time employees and nine part-time employees. We were open six days a week and checked out between 20 and 30,000 books a month. I did three story times, two toddler times, one after a school age program on Fridays, and one uh, during the summer for kids for all ages. Plus worked the reference desk, plus the circulation desk, plus did the scheduling. Um, and our building was so inept. Um, it was supposed to be a twenty, a 30,000 square foot building. The bids came in over what they anticipated, so they squished it to 20,000 square feet. And so I was the last person hired that worked at that branch. And the work area I had was an in-out box hung on the side of a range in the workroom, that, that's it. For them to put my mail and correspondence, that's all I had. Otherwise, I went up to the story time room and sat on the floor and got my work done there. At one time, you were known as the Toddler Time Queen in Tampa. What was your all-time favorite job? Bookmobile was probably my favorite job. Uh, the There's nothing like having 20 seniors waving you in different directions with their hands going in all different directions as you're trying to back up the bus 
and you're looking in the rearview mirror and half of them are saying turn your wheels to the right and the other half are saying turn the wheels to the right left and and slow down hurry up let's go and um, then they would come out and pick up the books and there's usually someone um, in Allard uh, in uh, Ventress County um, there was usually a station manager and so they would help direct the traffic and they get first dibs on the books that they were going to pull that were going to be used for their station. They also were responsible for making sure if they were going to pull 100 books off the bookmobile, they had to return 100 or so books so that those things kept rotating out. So um, uh, in, in some places uh, are very conservative. And uh, the leader of this particular station, uh, she said that we only read Christian fiction here. So the girls can pick whatever they want, but they don't need to have anything that's not Christian fiction. With all of the different hats you've worn over the years and communities you've impacted, are there any folks you recall? Um, one little girl, her name was Kathy, and she was flunking math. And she had gone from multiplication to long division. And she couldn't get the long division because she didn't understand her multiplication tables. And so every time Kathy walked in the library, we would just say three times three, three times four, and just practice so that you could memorize those multiplication tables. So by the end of the year, she got an A in her math class, and she gave me her Henry Helper Award that she received for helping her teachers. That was, that was that years later, uh, when I got into management in Tampa, we had to deliver paychecks. And I always offered to deliver for Tampa so I could see the place that I used to work at. And who should be standing there with the nice young man? It was Kathy. She had graduated from high school, and she looked at me, and she said, Miss Betty Jo, is that you? And I said, Kathy, is that you? Well, it's three times nine. <laughs> Are there any crazy patron stories you can share? Saturday afternoons uh, in the fine arts department we covered music, sports, uh, uh, the fine arts, architecture. Uh, and um, I think, I believe, I've always felt this, that there was a retired librarian that hung out at a bar on Saturday afternoons. And the rule was you couldn't judge anyone on whatever question they asked you. If you had the answer, you were obligated to give it to them. And so I think they figured out what Saturdays I worked, uh, but in our ready reference file that we kept at the desk were frequently asked questions. The question that I would usually get, and if I didn't have time, I could call Joe's bar back and ask for Bill, um, but they wanted to know the words for uh, who's on first. So almost every other Saturday I'm reading, at some point in the day, who's on first. <laughs> uh, and, and they got a kick out of that. They were all chuckling in the background. And I said, I'm gonna, when I get off work here, I'm going to go come down and see, I haven't talked with you guys. <laughs> if I was super busy, they would let me call them back. It's like, <laughs> When I asked Betty Jo about her plans for after retirement, she said she was going to make chocolate chip cookies, revive her garden, learn to make pickles, and not drive for two hours every day. Thanks so much for the interview, Betty Jo. We're going to miss you, but we promise to come visit. 
is Carol Gaddis, here to share some of the upcoming events at Lineball Public Library. Book groups start up again in January. The Lineball groups have their 2021 list on the website, so you can visit there to see what they're reading. Local author Susan Gwynn will be at Lineball on Saturday, January 9th from 10 a.m. until 1 p.m. to sign and sell copies of her book, When Heaven Sighs. Are you aging into Medicare? Currently have Medicare and would like to know more? Please join us for a discussion on the basics of Medicare on Saturday, January 16th at 10 a.m. To find out more about these and all our events, visit us at rclstn.org. The Action Line on FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. We're Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Time right now, 8.59. Again, we're closing out this morning now. Rita Shacklett with us with the Rutherford County Library System. Rita got like 10 seconds left but oh wow well happy holidays to everybody and hope everyone has a safe and happy holiday and come visit us either online or in person at the library at one of your local branches sounds good again rita shacklett with the rutherford county library system we'll also post the audio of this show on our website in just a minute